You're listening to the Saz Revolution Show. Bringing you front row seats to the Saz Revolution with your host, Alex Thuma. Okay, welcome, Saz people, to the Saz Revolution Show, bringing you front row seats to the Saz Revolution, courtesy of Sascribe Media. I'm your host, Alex Thuma, and our guest on the show today is uh, Andrew Dumont, recently announced as uh, VP of Marketing at uh, Bitly. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, you're welcome. Thanks uh, for being here. Now, uh, you know, uh, I've looked at uh, your quite an impressive uh, background and achievements that you have in startups and, and software as a service since, uh, since you were 18. Now, let me see if, if I can list them without taking a breath here because uh, they're quite vast. Uh, so since the age of 18, you've been building and growing uh, companies like uh, Tatango, uh, Seismic, which was acquired by Hootsuite, uh, Moz, uh, Strides, uh, Stride App, uh, CRM, which was uh, a side hustle of yours, which was acquired by uh, ProsperWorks. Uh, then, uh, more recently, you've been entrepreneur in residence uh, at Betaworks, which is a startup studio uh, that's been known for investing in Tumblr and uh, Airbnb. Um, you've also uh, been named as one of uh, Forbes' 30 uh, innovators under the age of 30. Uh, and also the United Nations appointed you as an entrepreneurial delegate. Uh, on top of that, um, uh, you advise at Techstars and Startup Weekends and uh, an occasional columnist uh, at Inc. Magazine. You've also got a blog, uh, a blog, not a blog, uh, <laughs> a blog at uh, andrewdumont.me. Uh, and recently, uh, obviously now joined um, uh, Bitly as VP of Marketing. Now, <laughs> there's a ton of stuff there, but uh, did, I, did I get that right? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's right. I mean, you know, with with startups, right? It's uh, um, it's not as smooth as a uh, as a background, but uh, yeah, it's uh, that you did a very very good job. Uh, one of the better jobs I've heard. So thank okay. you uh, for that. All right, very good. But I mean, I, I guess with all of that, I mean, the, the, as I say, the, the, there's there's a ton of things there that you've done since uh, you've eighteen. I mean, have you had time to do anything but work? No, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I, I really, I really enjoy work, uh, and I really enjoy uh, building startup companies, as you can tell. Uh, so, you know, I've kind of that's that's my fun, uh, and and as I'm sure you can relate, uh, my side hustles were also my work, right? And yeah. uh, and uh, I just I just love doing it, um, and any free moment that I have, um, uh, you know, that's kind of where I put my time and my energy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of my fun. It's my hobbies. Uh, and, uh, you know, as lame as that is, uh, that's, that's kind of the way I work. <laughs> why, uh, why, why startups, um, you know, rather than working for sort of, you know, larger companies? What is it about startups that you love? Yeah, I mean, so I ask myself that a lot, actually, because <laughs> they, uh, they're, they're much harder, right? Um, and, uh, you know the, the the pay is often less. The um, the hours are often longer, um, and you know people don't really understand them as well, right? Like mm -hmm. when you look at them from uh, an outside perspective, they don't necessarily look as as sexy as working for Facebook or Google or or whatever it may be. Um, but but for me, I I just I really love the idea. I'm I'm pretty infatuated with the idea of of you know taking something that didn't exist or exist uh, in a very limited capacity and and. Bringing it to to something much larger and more impactful and uh, a real company, and I just love that building process. Um, and, and and you know, once you kind of do it once, and you and you see the process, and you fall in love with it, it's it's really really hard to leave. Um, and I, I really, 
you know, I, I get excitement and I get, um, you know, I, what wakes me up in the morning is, is the front, uh, you know, learning things firsthand and uh, failing and, and uh, you know, being, having the freedom to, uh, having the freedom to fail, um, you know, is something that kind of, you know, really makes me happy and, and that's how I learn. Uh, and startups are the, really the only uh, place where you can do that um, and you can do that quickly. Um, so I, I just, I, I really have, have fell in love with the, uh, the pace of learning um, the, the, the concept of, of creating something from nothing and, um, yeah, just the community as well. I mean, I, I love being around builders, creators, people that are, are doing stuff every single day. Um, and, uh, yeah, haven't, haven't left since. <laughs> well, what if, uh, I mean, you, you, you name checked sort of Google and Facebook there. What if they came knocking on the door with a, you know, a great package and say, Hey, we want you to be VP of marketing of, uh, of of Google is is that something you would say? Oh well, you know you're too big for me, and you know I I prefer to you know build something you know much smaller and and, and see that grow. Uh, what would you do in that situation? Yeah, I, well, I I have had uh, opportunities uh, to to go work at, at companies like that, and and I always um, no, nothing against them, right? I mean they're obviously mm. amazing. Uh, you know, amazing companies, right? Good political and, and, answer there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, no. But but whatever whatever startup wants to become, right? Is 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 that? Yeah. Um, uh, but no, for, for me right now at this stage of my career and and uh, my stage of life, um, I, I'm much more attracted to early stage companies just because I, I do really think the pace of learning is just so much faster at early stage companies. Um, and you, you just don't get quite the same thing. Um, so the way the way I look at a Google or a Facebook um, is that's kind of what I want to do when I when I want to slow down and, and pull back and uh, you know kind of kind of start coasting a little bit, which I hope never to do. But um, it's just not it's not 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 for me uh, at least at this stage right now. So okay, okay. Yeah. So Go- Google or Facebook is a sort of a potential semi retirement home. Then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't go that far. Okay. I'm sure a lot of people. Get offended by that. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I mean it's it's just not for me right now. Okay. Um, All right. So, so, so yeah. I, I mean, with with the, the the startups that you've been involved in, you know, some of them you you've joined, uh, you know, uh, as an employee, but some of them you've actually, you know, been a, a founder or a co-founder yeah. of, and uh, and yeah. one of those was um, uh, Stride App, which was a CRM company, uh, which was a side hustle uh, whilst you were working. Uh, at Moz, and you were working on that in the evenings and weekends, and uh, uh, and Stride App was uh, a company that you sold to uh, to Neil Patel, right? Yep, that's right. Uh, and yeah. what, did, what did you learn from, I guess, uh, working on that as a as a kind of side hustle, uh, whilst you had a full time job, and, and and why did you sell the company when you did? Yeah, um, well, so I really wanted to um, I really wanted to, to build something you know firsthand and. Uh, you know, and and it was a it was a good opportunity to do that. I actually built it for my own need, actually, um, which I think is always a good place to start for um, you know for 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 building a a startup and especially a software uh, software company. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I learned how challenging it can be um, doing a side hustle. Um, it's 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 very very hard, um, and especially with a, a small team as well, which which is what I had working with me um, at Stride. It's very hard. Um, keeping people motivated, keeping yourself motivated, and and continuing to push, um, you know, when when you're already working one full time job, um, and you know it's never easy getting something off the ground. Um, but to be honest with you, the the work that I did with that was actually some of the work that I'm most proud of, um, just because I it is so difficult um, to execute well um, in a startup in general, but um, as a side hustle, it's it's very very hard to do. 
Um, so yeah, I, I just I really learned a lot about team motivation. I really learned uh, a lot about um, how to get something off the ground, um, how to scale. Um, you know, with limited time, limited resources. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was all bootstrapped. Um, so I learned a lot about you know being very uh, you know very efficient with the capital I did have. Um, and uh, you know, the, the reason why we, we we ended up selling it was. You know, some of us wanted to go full time on it. Others uh, of the team didn't, and um, you know, it was uh, you know we, we just weren't all in uh, mm-hmm. as a team, and it wasn't something that, uh, or at least an idea that we were really passionate uh, a, a, about enough to really commit uh, another couple years of our life to it full time, um, or or however long it took. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's why we ended up you know deciding to sell it. But you know, it was an amazing process, and uh, you know, we we built a profitable business that was generating you know, a decent amount of revenue every month and um, had a lot of customers and, and folks that really enjoyed the product. And, you know, for us, we found a good opportunity to put it in the hands of somebody who was going to take good care of it and continue to evolve the product. And, uh, um, and yeah, so, so that was the, the process behind that. And, and, and how did you come about sending it to, uh, to Neil, full, full people? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Neil and I have have known each other for for a while, and uh, you know, as you know, he's one of the prolific SaaS uh, mm. entrepreneurs out there. Um, and uh, yeah, it just it just kind of lined up, and uh, you know, he he did what ended up happening is he, they ended up acquiring it, uh, Neil and, and Heaton, and uh, and they spent some time on it, and then they they parlayed that into um, into another purchase by ProsperWorks, um, mm-hmm. who you know who who now is 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 owning and managing it and and running it and. Um, yeah, so so it just kind of came up through a friendship and an opportunity, and uh, yeah, I think it I think it worked out well um, for the for the situation. So okay, and 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 when I was sort of reading about Stride, uh, I mean, what you've spoken before and written before about yeah. you know some of the challenges there with uh, with the pricing sort of model and freemium. Uh, models, uh, you know, in particular. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, specifically in that case, you know, can you elaborate on, you know, the challenges that you had with uh, with freemium and your thoughts on freemium, you know, uh, as a SaaS uh, sort of pricing model? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think I think freemium is great, and if 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 you can do it, the, the problem for us was that we were, you know, we were bootstrapped, like I said, right? Mm. So. Um, so revenue was important for us to continue to operate and uh, devote the time you know we needed to to continue to to evolve and get the right people on and, and all that. So, um, so so for us, freemium didn't really work as well, um, just because when you do do freemium, you you obviously get a much larger uh, user base, and uh, there's definitely a lot of value in a user base, and you can move people uh, through the funnel to paid oftentimes. But but generally, from a you know pure conversion rate standpoint and revenue standpoint. Um, Typically, freemium doesn't perform as well, or at least in my experience, it doesn't perform uh, as well as a pure paid, uh, paid product. So, so what we did when we when we started Stride is we started as freemium, and then we then uh, moved into a pure, um, you know, subscription-based product with a thirty-day uh, trial, um, and it, it performed better from a a pure revenue standpoint. Um, but keep in mind that was under the context of of a bootstrap product um, and and a side hustle. But if I was to do it full time. Um, I do definitely believe in freemium, and we likely would have doubled down on the freemium model. Um, it just wasn't generating the revenue we needed um, for the for the type of uh, situation that we were in. Okay, okay, and uh, and just I guess kind of last sort of bit on the uh, the side hustling, um, you know, we, which we've talked about. So, what what advice would you give to SaaS founders 
that you know perhaps are in a similar position to you know where you were when you were you know working on uh, Stride as a as a, as a co-founder in terms of the the, the side hustling aspects. You know, um, what advice would you give to a SaaS founder in you know in a similar kind of shoes to uh, uh, to that position? Yeah, well, so I, I think it's a beautiful way to do it. Um, I think I think the the amazing nature of of SaaS businesses is that you can generate revenue from day one, and oftentimes you can generate revenue. Um, without a very heavy uh, or very large um, uh, cost um, on a like a monthly basis to do that. Um, so, the, and the other thing too with SaaS is that it often takes a lot of time to ramp up um, a SaaS business from mm-hmm. you know no revenue, no product to meaningful revenue, right? And um, you know there's obviously some sexiness with raising uh, venture capital, but you know truly the 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 real holy grail for SaaS founders is to get a product in market. To prove the concept, to prove that it can produce revenue, and get to the point where you don't necessarily need uh, venture capital funding, uh, but but venture, uh, you know, basically accelerates your growth, mm-hmm. and that's the real point of power that you want to be in as a SaaS entrepreneur. And doing something as a side product, uh, or sorry, pro- side project, uh, allows you to get to that point um, without the you know true burden of burning cash and uh, you know the the time that it takes, burning the time that it takes to to get it. To get a product in market and and to that point, so um, so I, I'm all for it, and uh, I would do it again 100. Um, percent You just have to have some clear timelines uh, in place and some clear, um, you know, some clear numbers that you're looking at, right? Like for me, uh, it would have been um, you know uh, X amount of revenue um, generated per month from this product that would have been my trigger to say, okay, we're ready, let's go full time on it. Um, but I just didn't have the right team in place to do that. Mm. Um, so. So I guess that's my, my advice is, is definitely do it and but set uh, very stringent or I'm sorry very strict uh, guidelines around uh, around your timeline uh, for it. Okay, no, it's good good advice and uh, I, I guess kind of fast forwarding a bit to to present day and uh, and, and so now you're at uh, at Bitly and um, you know I know and use Bitly for URL shortening um, yeah. and uh, so but I guess kind of beyond that. Um, you know, can you uh, sort of tell us uh, what other products it has? Uh, you know, how is it sort of helping SaaS companies? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so this was actually a really fascinating opportunity. So, um, I came to BetaWorks, which was the the startup studio uh, that you mentioned, and uh, BetaWorks was actually the studio where Bitly was created back in two thousand eight. Um, so, uh, so basically, what happened was I, you know, did this entrepreneur in residence program and. Uh, the partners at BetaWorks basically, you know, wanted me to move into uh, a role at at, at Bitly, uh, an executive role at Bitly, and uh, you know, Bitly's in in a really unique spot. So they are actually a SaaS business, um, and a lot of people just don't know that mm-hmm. uh, they have, you know, obviously the free product that you know millions of people use every single month, um, but they also have a basically a pro version of that that is an enterprise level um, SaaS product that um, seventy five, or I'm sorry, seven hundred and fifty. Um, large enterprise businesses uh, are using um, every single month, and uh, it's actually a really, really fun challenge. And a lot of my experience is in uh, self-service SaaS. Um, you know, where you put in your credit card, sign up, and the funnel is is much cleaner. Um, at at Bitly, the funnel is actually quite a bit more complex, and enterprise SaaS is actually um, very different um, than than self-service. And I really, really wanted to understand enterprise SaaS um, and the marketing challenge that. Uh, Bitly presents, I think, is is uh, is really exciting. So 
Um, so that's kind of uh, how this relates to, to SaaS. And um, yeah, it's, it's, a really fun, it's a really fun challenge and a really different kind of challenge. And, and, and this, uh, I guess, kind of SaaS product, this is the, uh, the Bitly brand tools, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, all right. That's right, yeah. And, and uh, obviously, um, uh, well, this, you know, this is not a, a, an interview for, for, for Bitly. You, you already got the job. But, you know, what do you uh, plan to bring to the table for them as, <laughs> as VP of marketing? Yeah, I mean, so I, I, uh, I'm very much a performance uh, type, type marketer and, and I'm uh, a SaaS entrepreneur at heart, right? So, yeah. um, so everything that I'm going to do is going to be performance-based and, and really bring some rigor uh, to their funnel. Um, so, so it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of just kind of nuts and bolts uh, work on, on getting the, uh, the funnel in place and, and uh, yeah, really like turning it into a, a real enterprise software business. Um, it's, it's a relatively large business right now. It's a, a 10 mil uh, a year um, uh, SaaS business right now from their enterprise product. Um, but it can be much larger. And uh, so it's, it's a lot of just nuts and bolts. It's, uh, you know, it's making it clear that, uh, that Bitly does actually have a, a, a software, a paid software product. And you know, that's just things like putting pricing on the site, uh, building a, um, you know, a uh, credit card uh, sign-up form uh, to actually like, start actually you know, using the enterprise product. And you know, it's just doing a lot of the things that, um, uh, you know, that we all know how to do, but it's just kind of putting those things in place. So, um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be fun. Um, you know, I, I think it's always challenging when um, you have a free product that lived for, you know, for a long time as a free, you know, URL shortener, right? But um, now it actually needs to turn into a business, and and that's the process that we're in right now. Okay. No, I mean, it, it sounds like it's going to be uh, fun, and uh, I mean, it's definitely a very cool brand uh, as well. So, uh, you know, best of luck, um, you know, with yeah, that thank so, you. with that venture. I mean, do you do you still have time to uh, to, to blog? I mean, I mentioned. Uh, yeah, Andrew Dumont dot me. Yeah. You know, at the beginning, um, you know, is is that uh, you know still going to uh, continue um, now you've started this new role? Yeah, it, it will. It will. I mean, you know, blog, I'm sure you know, uh, blogging is is very tough uh, yeah. to to do on a consistent basis. Uh, life gets in the way sometimes, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm really going to to make an effort to be more consistent and uh, and share some of my learnings here. But um, yeah, uh, absolutely. Okay, and one of, one of I think you know um, your well known blog posts is uh, is twenty one tactics to acquire customers. Um, I guess we we haven't got time to go through all twenty one, but uh, <laughs> but for for any SaaS founders listening, uh, you know, in particular, um, can you give us uh, three tactics to acquire customers? Uh, you know, from that list. Oh gosh! Uh, <laughs> Can you remember? <laughs> I, it's been a while since I wrote that. I think that was back in, in my Moz days. Um, but no, I mean, I, I would I would recommend you know people obviously uh, to go to go uh, give it a read and see if the, anything jumps out. Um, you know, but but generally, I think uh, you know, I I think uh, I think I think for a lot of SaaS founders, it's it's not really the the tactics, right? It's just kind of having a um, it's having a plan and it's having a like testing process in place. Um, you know, because what you'll find is that. Um, some tactics work really, really well for some companies, uh, and others don't. And uh, it's really just kind of, you know, finding the things that work, uh, and then really doubling down and investing on those things. Um, so I, I really don't remember uh, <laughs> all of them, um, uh, but I, I do recommend, you know, definitely going back uh, and, and taking a look at that post and uh, reaching out to me if you have any questions as you as you work through it. Um, I'm just hello at at andrewdumont.me. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I found. 
you know, those are really just, you know, hands-on stuff that I learned from, um, from Moz or, or Stride and just, you know, actual tactics that, that, that I've used in the past that have, have proven to, to perform really well. Um, so Okay, well, a bit, 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 bit unfair of me then to, to no, 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 that's on the spot that's there. Fair, that's fair, that's <laughs> fair. Um, okay, but uh, and um, another thing that you've um, you know spoken about before, um, you know the topic of uh, growth hacking, which is you know possibly like the the SaaS job role du jour, you know right now, um, you know very sort of trendy. Um, but uh, you, you've had kind of mixed opinions uh, uh, about it. Um, you know, is that something that you could uh, elaborate on? You know, why you, you have uh, sort of mixed feelings around uh, growth hacking? Yeah, I mean, it's not so. It's not. It's not a. It's not mixed feelings on on growth hacking. I mean, I, I think generally the the role of a growth hacker is uh, is definitely needed. Mm. Um, I think it's more on on just the the term, and you know, I think I think the problem with with marketing in general is that um, it's really hard to um, to vet out the people that know what they're doing versus the other the, the the ones that don't. And I think the problem with growth hacking is that a lot of people just kind of latched onto it without mm. actually understanding. Um, what it means and 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 uh, how to actually do it and uh, why it's important and I think it just kind of it kind of spiraled a little bit but um, no I mean generally I think I think it's very important and I think the the real thing that can be taken away from like the growth hacking mindset is um, you know is is using data and being technical in you know querying uh, all the data that you can to um, inform decisions and make data driven marketing decisions which is you know, something that a lot of us, uh, especially in the SaaS world, that there's just so much data out there and, and, and uh, everything that you can track and just being intelligent about the things that you're doing and the decisions that you're making. Um, and I think really, like, that's the, that's the end takeaway from uh, the term growth hacker that I think we all need to kind of adopt. But I think, you know, I think anybody in, in the SaaS world that is doing marketing or, you know, even at, at a small company as, as a founder, right, like, it's all it's all growth hacking. It's all using data to to inform what you're what you're doing and where you're investing. And uh, I mean, uh, I'm all for that. Okay. And uh, I, I, another thing, which is, um, I, I guess, kind of you know, quite cool uh, to to say these days, is that you you know that people have failed. That you know you you failed as a uh, uh, as an entrepreneur, and and it, it's kind of you know a lot more acceptable to talk about this and, um, you know, there are even sort of events where, you know, founders and, um, uh, you know, go and, and speak about their failures, but, uh, which is very good because a lot, you know, you can learn from that, you know, what to do, what, what not to do. But you've also kind of written that, um, you know, one of the things that you're most proud about is the, is the failures that you've had. Um, you know, uh, do you, could you kind of talk about that a little bit more, um, you know, as to why that is? Um, well, I, I just I, I believe in in learning, and I believe uh, in learning through experience, right? So, um, so the way that I look at at failure is it's 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 just the learning process, right? And um, the the whole goal of of your career, and and I think life in general is is to learn as much as possible and and become uh, as self aware and knowledgeable uh, as as you can, and. Um, you know, failure is is a way of getting there, right? So um, that's that's the means to get to that to that end. Um, so so that's kind of how I see it as as a as a um, as a valuable thing. But you know, I think generally too, you know, and the reason why uh, people are um, kind of latching on to the failure term is that you know, there's a with entrepreneurship and startups, there's um, there's a lot of pressure on it, um, both financially and um, 
you know, and, and emotionally, right? And I think, uh, I think being supportive uh, of that process and realizing that not everything is going to be a, an Uber or a Google or a Facebook, right? Like, um, and, and there are wins uh, at a lower level um, beneath that. I mean, I think, I think just, just supporting that process and supporting the process of building is, is really what's important. And whether you succeed or fail at the end, um, you know, great if you succeed and, and great if you fail. Um, you can move the ne- to the next thing. So um, generally, I'm, I'm very supportive of that process. And, and I know that it's, it's, uh, it's been very, very valuable uh, to me uh, in, in my own growth. Um, so that's kind of how I think about, think about failure. Okay, no, great, great answer. And um, okay, I think we, we've got time for, uh, for, for one more question here. Now, uh, this is not really sort of SaaS related, um, but um, how long uh, do you take before you play the Forbes 30 under 30 card when on a, on a date? <laughs> uh, I actually, I, I've been dating uh, the same gal for uh, for five years, uh, so I, I actually don't even have to say it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you just remind her every night. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I uh, yeah. Um, I actually uh, yeah. I don't talk about it. I don't talk about it too okay. much. But uh, it was a great, great, great recognition. And and uh, obviously, you know, w- when you when you put your head down and, and work for so long, and uh, you know, you take the route of the less sexy. Um, you know, startups, smaller companies, um, you know, it's always great to just get a, you know, kind of some, some uh, affirmation for the work that you're doing. Um, and that's, that's what that was. Um, but yeah, just something to keep me motivated and keep me pushing forward. Yeah, no, no, it's a, a, a good accolade, certainly. Uh, you know, um, uh, I think, you know, congratulations on that. Um, okay, well, uh, I think that's, uh, you know, uh, we've run out of time here, but, um, you know, you've been a fantastic guest and uh, you've been listening to the, uh, the SaaS Revolution show uh, with uh, Alex Sumer and uh, our special guest, Andrew Dumont. And um, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll speak to you next time.